0: Hello and welcome to Mina's Tirith, the podcast where we'll be exploring the Tolkien world and answer questions from you. My name is Mina.
1: And this is Brian.
0: This is episode two of the podcast. In today's episode, we will talk about specific characters in the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power show, and answer questions from our listeners. But before we begin, I wanted to correct a couple things from the previous episode. In the last episode, I mentioned that Nori was a hobbit. One of our loyal listeners pointed out that Nori is a Harfoot and not a hobbit. Thank you for pointing this out. You are absolutely right. Nori is a Harfoot, the ancestor to the hobbits in The Lord of the Rings.
1: Good catch, listeners. It seems like we have some pretty good fact checkers among us.
0: I also wanted to correct that previously I stated that Elros lived to 900 years. It was actually only 442
1: years. (laughs) Pretty close. Only off by like 460 years.
0: (gasps) Sorry, Elrose.
1: I'm sure he doesn't mind. (laughs) Well, we have a lot of questions from our faithful listeners. So let's get into it. Our first question is, what does Mina's Tirith refer to? Is it from Lord of the Rings? For non-Tolkien fans, uh, we don't really have a clue.
0: Thanks for this question, listeners. Minas, M-I-N-A-S, means tower, and Tirith means guard or watch. So, tower, guard. Minas Tirith is actually a place in Middle-earth. It is the white city of Gondor, the city of the king. That is where Aragorn is crowned as king and where he lives. It's just interesting that my name is pronounced the same way, just spelled differently.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So, it sounds like someone's parents were also Tolkien fans, and maybe we'll ask them during Thanksgiving. So, a similar question from last week. How did you like uh, episode six? Are you a fan of the show now? Last week, you weren't really looking forward to the next episode.
0: Well, I went into watching the show, the next episode, with low expectations, but it actually surprised me. I really enjoy this episode. This episode has been more true to Tolkien than any of the other episodes. From what Galadriel says to Isildur, to what Bronwyn says to encourage his son, to Galadriel's interrogation of Adar, this has more Tolkien in it.
1: Hmm. okay. Well, that's good to hear. So what's up with Galadriel? Why does she have a tempest inside of her? And why is Galadriel so unhinged and emotional? It seems a little bit out of character.
0: Yeah, I agree. So the Galadriel you see in the show is Amazon's version of Galadriel. According to Tolkien, Galadriel longed to see the wide unguarded lands of Middle-earth and to rule there a realm at her own will. However, in the show, she is obsessed with finding and taking down Sauron. Another similarity is how she refused to go back to Valinor. That is consistent with the books. She is very proud, and only when she rejected the One Ring did she pass the test and receive pardon from the Valor. But the show is interpreting her pride as she can't stop her ambitions to take down Sauron.
1: Interesting. So what is different about her in the show from the books?
0: So here are some more differences. Tolkien doesn't say she was a commander like a warrior. He never mentions that she picked up the sword or went into battle. Tolkien never said that she was obsessed with killing Sauron but she was certainly against him. Galadriel is supposed to be already married to Celeborn, another elf that is not in the show but he's in the movies. Gil-galad is actually Galadriel's cousin's son It's not clear, but I think he is younger than Galadriel. And last, Galadriel is one of the greatest elves in Middle-earth, but right now it doesn't seem like that in the show.
1: Okay, that's pretty complex. I think you're gonna have to draw Galadriel's family tree for me so I can follow all of that.
0: Now this is all found in the Unfinished Tales, and some of Tolkien's notes were inconsistent, which I won't elaborate here. Hence, it's called the Unfinished Tales. So I can understand that Amazon evolved Galadriel's character. Peter Jackson's Galadriel is very much in line with Tolkien's Galadriel.
1: Okay, very complex. So our listeners are curious about the bad elf on the show. Can we talk about him? Apparently his name is Adar, which means father. Um, Do evil elves even exist?
0: Yes, evil elves do exist and they serve Morgoth in the First Age. Now Melkor, who was renamed Morgoth, sent shadows and evil spirits to spy on the elves at the very begin, beginning, giving them lies. So some of these elves listened to these spirits, and Morgoth ensnared these elves, put them in prison, and by the slow arts of cruelty, they were corrupted and enslaved. And that's how the hideous race of orcs were made, to mock the elves to mock Iluvatar, the creator. So I loved how in Episode 6, Rings of Power, Galadriel says that the Uruk were made in mockery because that's exactly how Tolkien describes it. So out of all the evil things Morgoth did, corrupting and torturing the elves and ensnaring them to be his servants is probably the worst and vilest deed against Iluvatar. Also, so Adar is probably an Amazon original character. Uh, He's not in the Tolkien books and he calls himself an Uruk, which means orc in the black speech.
1: Wait, hold up, did you just say an ur, wait, I can't even say it, uruk,
0: uruk, uruk, uruk.
1: Ur- 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 ur-
0: Pretty close. <coughs> um, also, I'm not sure how orcs were bred. This detail isn't really included in Tolkien's The Silmarillion. Now as Ador and Sauron working together, it's not really clear. Adar definitely had his own agenda, like creating a home for his children in Mordor, but creating Mount Doom's eruption only helps Sauron in the end as well. And if you haven't already come to this conclusion, the Southlands is actually Mordor, and I love how Episode 6 showed how Mount Doom was awakened. That was very clever. One last thing about orcs, Orc. (laughs) (laughs) they chant Nampat during the battle in Episode 6. This means death in the black speech, but don't get all frightened or scared about it. This is a normal battle chant because in Lord of the Rings Return of the King, the Rohirrim, who have come to aid Gondor, also chanted death in the common speech right before riding out to battle.
1: Okay. So I remember Mount Doom from the movies. It's that place that Frodo is trying to find, right? Mm -hmm. So what does Adar have to do with Sauron?
0: Adar said in the episode that Sauron has devoted himself to healing Middle-earth. He sought to craft a power over flesh like some piece of jewelry. He was seeking a power of the unseen world, but something was missing. The shadow of dark knowledge that kept itself hidden from even Sauron. So remember when Frodo and Bilbo became invisible when they put on the ring? I always wondered why. Like, why would the one ring of power have that kind of power? So it turns out that they don't actually become invisible. No, they actually enter into the unseen world and hence disappear. So if Frodo and Bilbo had their ring for thousands and thousands of years, they would eventually disappear from the physical world and permanently live in the unseen world. And you've seen some examples. The nine men who are given nine rings of power, over time, all nine became the Nazgul. They put on black cloaks and masks because they live in the unseen world. Also, I think the Maiar can exist in both worlds. That's why when Sauron puts on the One Ring, he doesn't become invisible. Other Maiar, they have to put on a human form, which implies that they have another uncloaked form.
1: So is there like a separate dimension or like a parallel world in Lord of the Rings? It's pretty trippy. Okay. So what is Sauron up
0: to? In my podcast in episode one, I talked about how Sauron's specialty is craftsmanship. Sounds like he is intent on crafting something you put on your flesh, but he's missing something. So he, it's mentioned in the book, The Lord of the Rings, that Sauron puts his life spirit into the ring. Gandalf explains it to Frodo that Sauron let a great part of his own former power pass into it so that he could rule all the others. And that might be the secret that Sauron is missing. Or the secret might be the need for Mount Doom to erupt because this is how the One Ring was made, through the fire of Mount Doom, and it can only be unmade there. And lastly, the comment about Adar splitting Sauron open and that he killed him, I don't think he's lying entirely. There's something else there that he's talking about that is not revealed to us yet.
1: Ah, very interesting. Would you like some water? You've been talking quite a bit. Thank you. Uh, Of course. So our last question from our viewers is, who is Isildur? Is Aragon his heir? And how does Isildur move to Middle-earth if he is from Numenor?
0: The answer to these questions help tie in a lot of things. Isildur is the one who caught off the one ring from Sauron's hand. If you need a recap, just YouTube Prologue Galadriel and you will see that the war against Sauron ended when Isildur, son of the king, took up his father's sword and caught off the ring from Sauron's finger. Note: Isildur uses his left hand. Mm -hmm. Cut to episode 6, Rings of Power. Isildur uses his left hand to throw an apple away into the ocean. At first, I thought this was a wasted scene, but now I think that scene is there to show that Isildur is left-handed, making that connection. Isildur also has a younger brother, Anarion, whom we have yet to see. In the books, they don't have a sister, so Iarion is an original Amazon character. So how does he end up in Middle-earth if his home is in Numenor? Well, remember that dream and vision that the queen, regent Muriel, sees in the Palantir? Basically, the ocean swallows up Numenor. So that is not just a random dream or vision. That is the future of Numenor. I won't spoil it further, but I will say that the guy R. Farazhan has a huge role in Numenor's future. Oh,
1: uh, I remember that dream with the huge tsunami, right? Where she's like, you know, taking care of those babies, I think. I guess we'll see what happens in the next episodes, right?
0: Yeah. Well, that's all we have for today. I hope this was interesting and helped you piece together a bit more of Middle Earth.
1: And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating or a review.
0: If you have any questions for us to answer in this podcast, please DM me or leave a comment on Instagram at Minas underscore Tirith.
1: Thanks for joining us.
0: Stay tuned for the next episode.